0: Monday, May the fourth, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, and I'm joined as always by Paul Hoynes, our Tribe beat writer. Uh, Hoynes, May the fourth be with you. It's uh, it's Star Wars Day, but uh, but we're talking baseball here. Uh, you have you ever seen uh, a, at any of the ballparks that you've been to uh, on on Star Wars Day during during the regular season? you Ever seen the the characters dressed up as Star Wars? Uh, Star Wars guys and throwing out the first pitch or anything like that because I know when- Oh
1: yeah, yeah, I've seen it. Like I saw it in Detroit, saw it at Yankee Stadium. Uh, um, yeah, Chewbacca walked through the press box. I got a picture of him. Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> I've been,
1: I've seen it a couple more than more than twice.
0: Coinsy and Chewbacca, and you can't tell the difference <laughs> between the two, right? It's uh, pretty crazy. Now, now, obviously, for you know somebody like me, growing up, uh, Star Wars was the, the the biggest thing ever. So. Uh, you know, I, I set my, my calendar by May the 4th. Uh, now,
1: what's significant about May the 4th? I, I, I,
0: well, the, the, the saying in, in Star Wars is may the force be with you. So oh, May okay. the 4th is sort of oh, a play okay. on that. All right. All right. And, and now that they're, they're releasing all these, these different aspects of the, uh, the, the franchise or the, you know, uh, there's movies premiering and, and things releasing on Disney plus and whatnot. So. Uh, it, it's just been fun to sort of be around and, and show my kid all of this and bring him up in that tradition. But it does sort of dovetail into baseball a little bit. You've got, Seattle, especially, I've seen photos and they, they do it up, you know, pretty big when they're out there on, on May May Fourth and they're playing games. And you've got like you've got Chewbacca throwing out the first pitch. And yeah, it's cool. You know, all that kind of stuff. It's pretty neat stuff. So, anyways, okay, I'll, I'll stop being a nerd and I'll, we'll, we'll get into real baseball stuff here. Uh, uh obviously the the big story of the the week last week we had just recorded their, our friday podcast when and and posted that when the indians uh released the information that emmanuel Class A has been suspended 80 games for violation of the um uh, performance dancing drug policy uh banned substances uh, i think it's bolderone was the the anabolic steroid that he, yeah. he had taken Uh, And you wrote a little bit about that over the weekend, just in terms of the timing of, you know, what what we know and what we don't know about when he was tested uh, and and how this is going to affect, you know, this season, if there if there is baseball this season and whatnot. Uh, What's you know, what do we know about what class A is facing or what, uh, you know, penalties could be coming for him this season?
1: Yeah, well Joe, you know like you said, 80 game suspension uh but uh, you know the it gets complicated now is will he have to uh you know serve <laughs> do the do the do the time twice for the same crime I guess. You know if there's no season this year, it's still up to negotiations between MLB and the uh, players association as to whether, you know, if there is no no season this year would class a have to uh, serve 80 games next year because the penalty says 80 games, obviously
0: uh, it's 80 games, as opposed to like one year, like, uh, like Hinch and Lunau got, you know, where that that's a a timer and that's, you know, one year from that date of the suspension and they're, they're back. And they, Uh,
1: you know, they suspend players for 80 games, 80 games instead of 80 days for a reason, you know, players play games, you know, that's mm -hmm. what they get paid. And, and that that hurts them and it hurts the team too, so you know that's a big question and if they do play this year and the season you know doesn't last eighty games, you know does the remainder does he serve the remainder next year so you know that, that there's that factor, and there's also the factor that you know i I've been getting a lot of emails, a lot of calls uh you know do the Indians get uh you know hoodwinked here uh should they have known that uh that this guy was a steroid guy or per se, we don't know that for sure. Should they have been able to uh, give him, you know, a PED test and the physical to okay the trade? Well, first of all, it's a trade. So it, mm-hmm. it, it's basically, it's still a buyer beware kind of deal. But, you know, if you give a guy a physical after a trade and something is wrong with him and you were expecting a hundred, you know, a guy that was a hundred percent sound, you can protest the trade, but what you can't do, teams can't give. They they cannot individually give a guy a PED test. That that is a a, a negotiated uh, process where an independent party, you know, gives a test, uh, and the independent party is agreed upon by the owners and and MLB. And and the thing, you know, so th- that's how those tests are conducted. A yeah, team can't.
0: Those are those friendly-looking guys in the black shirts who are always yeah. in the uh, clubhouse before the games,
1: right? And uh, so, I mean, you know, and you know, Class A. I mean, we've seen how those guys how frequently they are in the clubhouse. I mean, those guys. I mean, Class A had to get tested. I'd say several times last year mm-hmm. with the Rangers in the minors in the big leagues and didn't, you know, didn't have, po- didn't test positive. I'm thinking, you know, and here the here's the crux of it. I, I don't think the Indians got hoodwicked. I think once the trade was, was done, that's when, you know, he decided either a, to take the, uh, take the, you know, the steroid, you know, coming, you know, as his, as his, uh, off season training winded down and he prepared for spring training or B, you know, he got hurt early in spring training and, uh, hurt that shoulder, Mm -hmm. didn't pitch in any, uh, Uh, cactus league games, and then took the steroid then to uh, help the healing process, and got popped when he when he was tested again. So, you know, so I think that he tested positive after the deal. I don't think the Indians got sold a bill of goods.
0: Right. He's 22 years old, out of the Dominican Republic, and you know how much does that play in, factor into? You talk about the the preponderance of testing uh, among players, but. It it seems more often than not that players from the Dominican Republic are popping up in these reports and and, and showing findings of of getting suspended and and, uh, you know throughout the season. Uh, Is is this a problem among players coming from the Dominican? Is this something that the Indians are aware of or that baseball is aware of? And uh, you know, has anything in in mind to sort of target this, or is it just uh, you know, a, just happens to be a freak occurrence or a happenstance that, you know, more often than not, guys from the Dominicans seem to be getting tested positive for, for PEDs.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think it is. Uh, I think, uh, you know, outside this country, I think, uh, you know, especially in the Latin American countries, I think uh, steroids and and uh, products and, and uh, performance-enhancing products that, that are on the band list, you know, are more readily available, over the counter almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, Abraham Almonte, you know, tested positive for the same uh, same steroid right. uh, in 2016. Uh, and, you, and you don't usually see it, you don't mostly see this in big league players, but you see it a lot in minor league players from Latin countries. And those are just kids that, that don't know any better. and. Uh, you know, I think, you know, they have, they all have agents and the agents are, you know, I think sometimes trying to bulk the kids up, get them, make them faster, make them stronger. And they don't know what they're doing. And uh, they're just, they just want to make money, play baseball and get to the big leagues. So it, it's a, it's kind of a vicious cycle and, uh, you know, and, and and Class A, in a way, fits into that. He's only like 22, right? 22,
0: 23? 22 years old, yeah, just turned 22.
1: And, and he just made his big league debut last year. But, you know, as a big leaguer, he should know better. You know, you, you've got to know it. And, uh, you know, I, I remember talking to Alex Cora a long time ago when he played for the Indians. And I asked him basically the same question you did, Joe. I mean, are, are kind of Spanish-speaking players at, at a disadvantage here? you know, when, when maybe they don't know the rules and regulations and what's a banned substance and what's not. And, and Cora said, hey, they, they, they print these things out in, in, in uh, Spanish too. All the regulations, all, all the, the whole thing is printed out in Spanish. So, you know, you got to take some uh, responsibility for yourself there.
0: Right, yeah. I, I see it as a personal responsibility thing. I mean, obviously, if somebody's injecting you with something, then, you know, you know whether it's right or wrong. Uh, whether this is, you know, a, a flu shot or something else. Anybody sticks a needle in you, you, you know whether you should be doing this or not. Uh, however, it, it just seems you mentioned the, the agents and you mentioned, you know, the culture of, of, of trying to find these prospects and bring them through and, and get them, you know, on the fast track to the big leagues. And I just think a, a, lot, of, a lot of guys are taken advantage of at that stage it's different when you've got an established major leaguer yeah. who's years into his career and all of a sudden his forehead grows four inches and he's jacking 70 home runs a year. And I'm not naming names, but, yeah. uh, you know, that, that to me is a different circumstance than uh, a 20, 21 year old kid who's only trying to do, you know, o- only trying to, to get to the big leagues and establish himself. Uh, you know, I, to me, it's, it's different, but but no no excuses. You, you, you did wrong. You, you should serve the 80 games, uh, and, and I think they're going to make him serve 80 games, whether they're played this year or next year or, or whatnot.
1: Yeah, so, I, you know, I, I went to the Dominican in, uh, I think, 94, 1994, and I went to uh, San Pedro de Macoras and one of the Indian scouts, Winston Yanis, took me around the island. And if you see where these kids come from, and you see uh, you know you know if you're a baseball player you're going to probably do just about anything you can to get off the island get to the big leagues and establish yourself and uh, a lot of times the crime you know it's it, you, you know the punishment is worth it if you if you get caught okay you get caught if you don't you know you, you, you beat the system but right now you you can't beat it you can't beat the system i mean this right. the, the steroid he got caught with Class A got caught with is, you know, that's not like a, a designer steroid. You're not going to fool anybody with that. You're going to get caught with that. That's what's going to happen. Right.
0: Well, and, you know, last year we, we also went through the whole thing with uh, the, the rumors or suspicions Or there was a story that, that came out of the Dominican it was on the Internet, but, and we had to go through the whole machination of, of talking to the Indians and, and confirming well, with Jose about Ramirez. Jose Ramirez. And, you know, again, Jose Ramirez, another player from the Dominican Republic. Uh, and, and so that the whole like feeling of it was, well, here's another Dominican player that's, you know, under suspicion and there's there, we might not have any proof of anything, but as soon as those rumors get out there, your name's attached to it. And, you know, for a, for a good couple of days there, there was a a lot of concern whether or not Jose Ramirez was going to be with the team throughout the end of the year, because, because of those, those rumors that got, got put out there.
1: Yeah. and, and, usually the the you know the the confidentiality between the uh, testing the testing agency and the and the m l b and the players association is is so strict that you know I had people with the Indians tell me they didn't know Class A got suspended until he was suspended on Friday, so right. I mean, maybe they get a heads up a couple you know an hour in advance or something, but they didn't know until Friday, so you know that's the way it usually works
0: All right. well uh so we'll keep an eye on on this. Obviously, you know the 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 frustration here is that Class A was sort of the the headliner, the centerpiece of that trade for Corey Kluber uh, in the offseason. season. And uh, you know, like, like you wrote uh, in in your piece that that, that was was out Sunday, uh, you know, Kluber should be pitching one of these games. If, if we were playing baseball according to the regular schedule, the Rangers would be in town. And this would be, you know, one of the days that we'd be celebrating Corey Kluber's return to, to Cleveland and, and, and all that. Uh, but right now we don't have the Indians in town. We don't have Corey Kluber in town and we won't have Emmanuel Class A on the mound for the Indians uh, more than likely. And anytime, you know, before 2021, which with the, the situation with his shoulder might not be the worst thing in the world.
1: Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, Joe, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I mean, he's, you know he'll have plenty of time to get well.
0: Yeah, it's not like it's you know, not like he's going to be Clevenger, uh, you know, kicking down the door trying to get back from the same injury last year. This they can they can sort of let him heal and and you know take their time with it.
1: It's going to be interesting because they take him off to forty man. You get put on the restricted list, but you know with Almonte they let him stay in camp and play inter squad games and mm-hmm. minor league games in spring training in 2016. Now. I don't know what they do with Class A. Maybe they bring uh bring him to the uh, the academy in the Dominican, and he can play some games there. Or he or he comes over here if there's any kind of spring, you know, any kind of uh, minor league spring training. Maybe he works out with
0: them. Well, and they were having trouble just in the with the coronavirus, with the players returning to their homes. They were having trouble getting in touch with him. He's his um, uh, his home in the Dominican it was yeah. you know removed from any sort of uh cell service, yeah, cell the service. they were having yeah. trouble. Uh all right. Well let's uh let's move on uh you know on the, right on the heels of the Class A announcement the uh Major League Baseball umpires uh settled with the with the league in terms of uh you know negotiating sort of pay reductions regarding this shutdown and, and what the twenty twenty season would look like. Uh so they're uh also a give back in terms of their their per diem I believe as well uh so the the major hurdles were were overcome there as the the umpires will be in the fold uh if the if baseball you know does get to play a season this year
1: yeah and I think uh, the big thing is uh you know they they took about a thirty five percent pay cut like you said uh the per diems were slashed and uh but they they will continue to get paid. Throughout the sea throughout the year, whether there's a season or not, mm-hmm. and they keep their uh their benefits or pension and health benefits, and they get a say uh you know in in the safety of the games, how the safety precautions, if there is a season you know how they'll be protected and how maybe they'll be protected from the players you know right. so they'll have a say in that
0: right and, and the umpires they get paid that's significant because they get paid year round as opposed to the players who only get paid. You know, during the season – players get paid checks on the first of the month during the season, throughout the season. So Yeah,
1: first and 15th.
0: Right. So if I'm making, you know, X million dollars a year as a player, uh, I'm getting paid first and 15th during that six months of the season, whereas the umpires get paid in, in, a, in a full year cycle. Yeah, they're,
1: like, they're like the coaches. The
0: coaches get paid year-round too. Right, right. All right. So, uh, you know, another hurdle cleared in that regard. Uh, they're, they're still talking about, you know – in terms of if they do come back and they are playing in home ballparks, as opposed to having everything in Arizona or Florida uh, for games, are talking about some sort of realignment or, uh, you know, three divisions instead of uh, the regular six and no national league versus American league. Uh, in terms of realignment, what have you heard, uh, uh, you know, is the latest idea that's out there um, uh, according to the league?
1: Yeah, I I was reading uh, over the weekend uh, Mark Tompkin from the uh, Tampa Bay Times uh, was wrote that, you know, he thinks uh he was saying that he had talked to some people that said you they games will be played in their teams will be able to play games in their home home big league stadiums and that they would perhaps there was a chance they could stay in their traditional divisions ex, be, ex, instead of, you know, dividing you know, 30 teams in the 310 team divisions. They would stay in their traditional divisions, you know, and they would just play within those divisions, mostly, you know, to keep the travel down and to keep the exposure of the players and, and staff down. So right. that's kind of interesting. I, I hadn't heard – you know, I, I just, just, just expected that they're going to, you know, rearrange the whole thing and, you know, kind of really, re, you know, with the 310 team – uh, divisions
0: along geographical lines right it was it was an opportunity for them to do something a little more radical and, and different and, and just non-traditional uh we had a, a reader uh, norm lindway wrote in and norm writes uh it makes more sense to put the atlanta braves in the east division it's not as far south as the two florida teams and place either pittsburgh or toronto in the central division uh those are closer to the midwest teams more so than atlanta and you know, I've k- I kind of thought about that. And when the uh, when the proposal originally came out, um, I, I thought, yeah, that that would make sense to have Atlanta in the East. Uh, but then I realized, you know, the people in New York were probably the ones who put that plan together. And you know, the Yankees would rather face the uh, the Pirates uh, more often than the Braves. I think, uh, yeah. And, and so, uh, well, the, just, Braves, that, the Braves' that East Coast bias is still there, as far as I'm concerned.
1: The Braves being in with the Tribe—that's a tough division, then. There's yeah, that makes them. it a lot
0: harder. Yeah, you're talking the Braves, the Reds, the uh, the Cubs, the White Sox. That's yeah, significant. Uh, the pitching alone in that division is is really good. So, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, should be should be interesting to see how the plan unfolds in the next couple of weeks. As as they've got to be getting close to making an announcement on that. Uh, let's take uh, one or two really quick questions, rapid fire style here, uh, if we've got any from our, uh, our subscribers on subtext. Uh, Cleveland, Cleveland.com slash subtext. Uh, go to that and you can subscribe at $3.99 a month and get uh, inside takes from Hoinze and myself. Uh, Indian subtext. or Send a text message to 216-208-4346. To subscribe, Hoynesy, what do you got? Okay, and um,
1: this is from Dave Bowers from Avon. In your opinion, how does Nolan Jones compare to Jim Tomy at this stage of his career?
0: Well, uh, both left-handed hitting power third baseman who were originally shortstops uh, in out of high school. Uh, yeah. Sure, let's. Let's compare the 22-year-old kid to a Hall of Famer who has – That's kind that's of kinda tough on I me. Mean, 612 career home runs. Sure, let's just throw that right out there. I Obviously, think that's
1: – yeah, that's unfair. But I was looking at these numbers, and I just – you know, Tomey was in – he'd played over 60 games of the big leagues by the time he's he was 21. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, Nolan Jones hasn't made that – made it there. But, I mean, Nolan Jones is coming off in good year at what A and double and A. Um, and, um, you know, but he hasn't had that big breakout year that Tomey had at Charlotte, you know, mm-hmm. class tri- A Charlotte when I think he hit 25 home runs and drove in a bunch of runs and, you know, in like 115 games and went to the big leagues and stayed. But right. other than that, I, I think we got to give Nolan Jones a little chance to, yeah, yeah. to progress and play a full season and be healthy the whole, whole year.
0: Would the Indians definitely like to see Nolan Jones progress along the same lines as Jim Tomey? Absolutely. But again, that's the, if we had the, uh, like Tito always says, if we had the crystal ball, you know, we'd, uh, we'd be the managers, you know, that's that's sort of- right.
1: Okay. Let's see. Um, this is from Mark Korak from, uh, Decatur I and mean, who Decatur, Illinois, maybe. Sure. Maybe. Uh, what effect would a season lost to the coronavirus have on the length of a player's career? I'm, I'm, and he says he specifies pitchers.
0: Uh, in terms of that, that's, that's one fewer year of wear and tear on a a pitcher's arm. So I guess it depends on where you are in your career. If you're a young guy, uh, not as much as an effect as maybe an, an older guy who's who's sort sort of towards the end of his career. Like, let's take a Corey Kluber for example. Corey Kluber has basically had two years off from pitching regularly now. Uh, you know, if they don't have a season this year, he comes back. He's he's actually almost the needle almost goes back to getting too rusty. Yeah, you know, yeah. but but it would have been a, like our our talk last at the end of last year was, well, Corey Kluber hasn't pitched since, you know, May 1st, there's no wear and tear on his arm for this year. That's got to benefit him going into 2020. Well, now there's no 2020. How does that benefit him?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that it kind of works. It starts working against you. Then I remember Gabe Paul, Gabe Paul always had these famous sayings or old sayings. He goes, pitchers don't wear out, they rust out. So I don't know if that uh, applies to, uh, this guy's question but hopefully that helps answer it
0: well and you know it, throw it on a hitter as well uh you wrote uh, over the weekend about framel reyes who was lighting the world on fire in spring training and now he hasn't hit a uh, hit a baseball competitively in seven weeks uh he was he was crushing everything when spring training you know was stopped this has got to this has got to be killing a young guy like that yeah i,
1: I think so i think I, fe- I felt i feel bad for him he was on the right. You know, he'd worked so hard to get in shape, or not to get in shape, but lose weight, work on his defense. He was, you know, worked on a swing, and he was crushing the ball in spring training, like you said, Joe, and bang, the plug is pulled. And you got to wonder, you know, just how do you keep that going? You know, and then, you know, it's really, you know, a test to these guys, to these players.
0: All right. All right. Well, uh, we're looking forward to the rest of this week. Uh, Sports Time Ohio has started airing – or will start tonight airing the 22-game winning streak from back in, in 2017. And, boy, uh, Paul, that was that was quite the ride uh, to experience as as we went through uh, late in the season there with the Indians in late August and, and September, uh, winning uh, an American League record 22 games uh, straight, uh, especially towards the end. I sort of remember, uh, you know, just beat the feeling in the ballpark every night uh, it, was, it was like having the playoffs there in, in September, uh, a month early. And it, it was great to experience. What do you, what do you recall from that ride, uh, you know, through that streak?
1: I just remember, like, everything that could go right went right. You know, it was like – and the starting pitching was unbelievable. And I was looking up some numbers, Joe. The Indians outscored the opposition 142-37 to 37 in, in the 22-game winning streak.
0: That that pitching staff was was amazing. That was that was like peak Indians pitching staff, right? It was right. still Mickey, Mickey Callaway was still the uh, the pitching coach. Yeah, got
1: Bauer, Clevenger, and Kluber each won four games in the streak. Kluber struck out thirty five straight guys. Thirty five had thirty five strikeouts. Carrasco and Kluber had uh, one had through a complete game each. Um, they. Uh, they, the the offense outscored the opposition sixty nine to fourteen through the first three innings. So basically, the, the thing was the games over. Were
0: over. Yeah. yeah,
1: they were they were all over. Wow,
0: uh, it, it, just the, the dominance of the Indians pitching staff at that time was something that you know will will obviously be talked about. Uh, and just I remember thinking as they rode into the the playoffs that year, it was like who's going to beat these guys in a in a five game series with yeah. the, the pitching that they can throw out there. And, you know, we saw what happened with the, with the Yankees, but obviously it'll you be almost fun. Wondered,
1: you almost wonder if they peaked, you know, in, during that streak, yeah. or you almost wanted them. I, I mean, when you look back on it, it was great to cover. It's right. you'll never cover another thing like that probably, but, but what, what would happen if they, lo- they won 15 in a row, lost a couple and then won 14 more or something and, and maybe didn't, it, right. That was, you know, well, maybe they'd save and, some of that juice for the, the for the postseason.
0: And I remember we almost, towards the end of it, we almost were asking Tito on a daily basis, hey, are you guys peaking too early? Are you worried about peaking too early? And Tito's response every time, it was consistent. He, he said, he's like, no, I just want to win the games that we're, we're playing every day. That, that's it. You go, come to the yeah. ballpark every day to win the game that's there. Uh, yeah, it, it, peaking too early and all that. You also... I just remember you looking at me, you know, across. We would do a podcast every night towards the end, after every after they extended the streak to to the record and whatnot. We are doing podcasts in the the press box every night with Bud Shaw, and you're just looking around and just going, "This doesn't happen. You, 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 we don't. You don't see this. This is not normal to see games like this, to see games being won like this, and and whatnot. And it, it really was uh, just. Like a sort of a magical time, I guess uh, it it had to have been had to have been what it, what it felt like back in the the mid nineties with these guys. Uh, yeah, I mean, know, look, sure.
1: like Lindor hit nine home runs during the streak. Ramirez had twenty extra base hits. I mean,
0: like, there. I just remember the one where he Ramirez hit like a soft liner into right center field, and you're like, okay, base hit, and he's tearing around first Man. base and diving headfirst into second, stretching it into a double. It might have been against the Red Sox. Uh, I'm, I'm just like, this, this is nuts. This doesn't happen. So, yeah, uh, a lot of fun memories. It'll be fun to watch those games uh, as, as we're tuning in. Hey, as we're, as we're wrapping up here, uh, tonight, 1 a.m. Uh, on ESPN, the Korean Baseball League, it's opening day, and the first professional sports league to come back after the coronavirus. Uh, Korean baseball is going to be live on ESPN. If you're up at 1 a.m., uh, tune in. Uh, should be uh, maybe a, a preview of what we might be getting here in the states once uh, once Major League Baseball comes back. Yeah, definitely. We'll have to see if we
1: can see any of the safety precautions that the Korean baseball you know, Korean baseball has taken, and obviously the fan the stands are going to be empty. But uh, we'll see if they pipe pump noise into there and crowd cheering or how it goes.
0: Cardboard yeah, fans in the stands, Maybe man. we'll
1: catch a, a glimpse of Julio Franco being a – he's a hitting coach for one of those teams there over in Curry. Yeah, you
0: said Matt, Matt Williams, Matt Williams uh, also managing, managing
1: one of them. On Some of the teams, yeah.
0: Should be interesting. All right, uh, Paul, we'll catch up again uh, later on this week and on another Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Thanks, Joe.